Now, welcome back once again. The Country Boys here to service your rural communities. All right, Cobbers, how you doing? This is Hutto, and I'm joined by the ever-professional John here on the Country Boy Cinema Club, where we take it in turns to discuss the beautiful world of Australian cinema and what we define as Australian cinema can be anything from a movie made in our own backyard featuring some of the oldest Australian inhabitants or it could be a movie that was just directed by an Australian or stars quite a few of them. It doesn't matter, we decide on the day but anyway we are back with a brand new episode and a review. Once again, if you haven't heard the show before, this is just at the movies, but for guys in the country, we're the new Margaret and David, and I don't even have to say it, I am David, undisputed. I'll, I'll cop that. So Mar- Margaret, Margaret was always the better one anyway, let's be real. <laughs> she she had the best takes, I've got to be completely honest, yeah. and I think some of my takes, yeah. Um, anyway, Margaret, I've got to be honest, what are we uh, reviewing today? What beautiful piece of motion picture history are we reviewing this episode so today we have got a personal favorite of mine uh dark age by directed by arch nicholson in 1987 um an australian horror adventure film it's described as i wouldn't really say horror um but it's definitely action-packed we've got john jarrett um ray Mar. We've got David Goldblum. There's, it's a stacked cast. Um, and so I'll just run you through mm. the plot real briefly. So uh, John Jarrett plays a character called Steve Harris, who's a Northern Territory ranger who's been assigned to deal with a massive saltwater crocodile that's been attacking and killing people in the Northern Territory. He finds himself at odds with the local Aboriginal community who believe the crocodile should be preserved since it contains the spirit of the past. Steve must develop a plan to respect the wishes of the Aborigines and also protect protect the residents threatened by the crocodile so hato initial thoughts on this yeah movie. I, I i think that's a pretty spot-on description and i mean i think just to add to that this is no ordinary crocodile this is a legendary seven meter massive crocodile they reckon over a hundred years old i mean first thoughts of this movie i'd never seen this movie this was a blind watch um, I absolutely loved it. I loved it. I loved how respectful it was, um, how engaging it was, and how timeless it was. This movie came out over 30 years ago, and it still holds up so well today. It's a beautiful portrait of life and the, the balance between nature, civilization, and, and, and environment are uh, all combined in this beautiful, beautiful tapestry um, that includes indigenous culture and uh, modern white settlement engaging and forcing their principles on a culture that's understood the lay of the land for over 60,000 years. I mean, and I thought this was a brilliant film, brilliant performances, brilliant score. This is a must-watch, in my opinion, and criminally underseen. Oh, I mean, definitely. I don't know if you did a lot of... I don't know if you did a lot of uh, research in this, but... Uh, apparently, this movie came uh, came out in 1987, but was really not seen for about till about 20, 2009, 2007. Ra ra ra. I, I read David Stratton, aka me, stated that this movie was never seen theatrically, and was not released on DVD um, until like yeah, probably about a decade ago, um, which is really sad because it was actually resurrected by Would you believe it? None other than. Quentin Tarantino, mm, the big man, 
saw the pro- the promise in this film and and decided to put on uh, public screenings because this movie didn't get a cinema release when it was no. There. And I believe for a, for a bit there they actually lost the um, master reels somewhere in the archives, um, but they rediscovered mm. it. So thank God they did because mm. um, oh, I'm I'm a big sucker for movies shot in the great far north and um although this movie is set in the northern territory um it was actually very obviously shot um in and around the wonderful city of Cairns. um except mm. back in 1987 oh, it looks a lot um different to today it's um you can see it's a lot more sparse it's sort of pre the um before the tourists japanese tourists sort of wave that sort of really hit in the 90s um but <laughs> which which they really uh really funnily actually predict in the film yeah they do they yeah, do they i think about i think building condos yeah i think they were um it was beginning around the time that this film was shot yeah. but yeah this this movie is uh, i just love it it's um it's me too i had so much fun yeah it's just such a fun movie um and it's a movie that anyone can watch and appreciate and it's got just the right just the right amount of sort of late 80s early 90s sort of cheese about it it doesn't take itself too oh. seriously but it does at the same time you know you've got I, I, oh it's where do we even I, start i've got an unpopular opinion hey I, yeah I, I know it's so i've got so much to say about this incredible picture but i wish this took the place of something like a a mad max or a, mm. you know the cars that ate paris in the australian kind of film headcanon and where this had such a big cult following like they do because this de- movie deserves it and so much more. It's criminally underseen. Not a lot of people know about it. It's pretty hard to find up until recently. We watched it on SBS On Demand and I believe you can find it on YouTube as well. But yeah, it's so sad how this, this movie was so underseen and, and no one knows about it. I wish this had, um, you know... Uh, the the widespread appeal of something like a Mad Max. Oh, definitely. Or, but then may, maybe then we would be suffering through, you know, Dark Age uh, reboots and remakes. Yeah. So maybe it's good that this has only been a bit of a hidden gem until recently. Yeah. In a way, um, I think Rogue is sort of the spiritual reboot. Rogue 2008, great movie. Awesome mm-hmm. movie. Um, I think that's the spiritual sort of reboot of this movie. Um, I think the fact that it wasn't shown theatrically in Australia really sort of stopped it from going down in history as one of the greats. But um, that's why we're doing this. We're here to talk about some yeah. lesser known. Showcase them. Yeah, showcase some lesser known but yeah, amazing mean, Aussie movies. Man, I've got to be honest. I really hate the comparison of films that are like, it's just Jaws, but Crocodiles. or And another one you hear a lot is Razorback being, oh, it's just uh, Jaws, but with... Um, pig with with a pig yeah a boar and but i think this movie is so much more in that comparison i hate it because it really drags it down i think this is better than jaws i think there are so many things in this film that elevate it more than just a you know monster freak of the week on on the loose killing humans i absolutely adored um the scenery the cinematography the characters Mm. yeah i think what really sets it apart from jaws is it's actual respect and appreciation for the big monster you know they're not they're not just going out there to blow it yep. up with some they're, they're there to to so spoiler alert john jarrett um his character is trying to relocate this croc uh back to a more remote uh safer sort of 
location where it's not going to attack people because in this movie it goes on a rampage and boy does it bloody it takes anyone and everyone yeah but i mean i mean i mean just quickly the reason that he is fighting so hard just to have it peacefully removed and not just murdered is one it's probably pretty hard to kill this thing it looks almost invincible at stages you know um but also because he is actually working with the lo- uh, a local indigenous community who believe that the uh, animal is sacred and is the uh, I can't remember the, the name of it um, Namamwari Namamwari yes Namamwari rather um, yeah and and this is kind of like this ancestral beast that goes all the way back to the dream time and they they literally say you can try and kill it if you want but white fella won't doesn't understand it this is beyond the understanding of Anglo-European Australia. This goes back far beyond, and you can really feel that kind of primordial, uh, that, that kind of ancient creeping dread, even in the eyes of animals like crocodiles. And, and, and I mean, that honestly just, yeah, made this movie f- almost flawless to me. Oh, you know? definitely. So we'll go through the cast here. So start off, lead actor, John Jarrett. You'll know him from Wolf Creek. Uh, he was awesome in Rogue. Um, um, you know, John Jarrett, just a classic Aussie bloke actor. He's been in everything and he's always brilliant. And we get and uh, we get a nice, young, beautiful John Jarrett in this movie. Um, be- yeah, got- he looks so nice. I mean, I mean I've, I've, I've only seen him in things like Wolf Creek. Where exactly, where they've got him all grotty and he's, he's an but- old man with big sideburns. Yeah. But... But you see him sort of clean-shaven in this. I've got a note here saying powerful yeah. chest hair. He was quite the looker. Yeah, I, I wonder if he was Italian. Mm. Don't know. Jared He's got a v- very strong uh, Mediterranean kind of mm. thick head of hair <laughs> in this. Um, but yeah, and also th- you can really see the um, air of the times. He's in some very short shorts um, in this Ooh, movie. Everyone is though. That's a thing. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, just seeing the short shorts and everyone having guns and it, it, I mean, it was just, yeah, a really cool portrait kind of snapshot of what that area that, you know, you and me love and, and, and appreciate was like at that time. Yeah, definitely. I think John Jarrett pulls off this character so well because I feel like him as a person, like he could, he could just, you could just chuck him out the bush and he would thrive, you know? Um, he really, yeah, no, definitely plays off a, uh, um, what's the word? Um, he's sort of torn between his job as a ranger and his responsibility to the public. Um, and so that torment and, plays and on his mind. And his, re- his, his responsibility for the indigenous community uh, as well. Yeah. You know, you see that he is welcomed and respected in that community and, and feels the same as well. Mm. So we've got David Goldblil, um also, you know, OG amazing Aussie actor, also one of the greats. Um, in here is a young member of the Aboriginal community and we've got um, Burnham Burnham playing the old mm. Aboriginal uh, elder Underband. Um Now, Burnham Burnham, do you know much about this fellow, Hutto? No, I didn't, but his performance was so captivating to me that I actually looked a little bit up. Um, and he was only in three movies. Yeah, he was. I... I yeah, he he is fantastic in this, and I I I hate to say it, I think he was my favourite performance in this in this film. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disagree with you here, Hado. I think he um 
he sort of puts on the the Creole Aboriginal a bit too unnaturally for my liking in in a way that it almost sounds mm. a little bit racist <laughs> but um he does do he does do yeah. his best but if you're wondering i th- i thought his performance was a bit stiff and if you're wondering that it's because he originally was an <laughs> aboriginal activist most famously remembered for planting the aboriginal flag on the white cliffs of dover on australia day 1988 mm. so a year after this movie was made what an absolute king um chad yeah. Um, but yeah, he <laughs> it, it, it definitely, definitely does a, it is a, it is a captivating performance to me. Um, but it doesn't come off as naturally as, as someone as talented as David Goldblum in my mind, but I still really enjoyed him in this movie. And I think he's, um, just another part of what makes it so much fun. Um, so we've also yeah, got, I, I can cop that. Yeah. So probably the most fun of the characters is someone I did. When I first watched this movie, I had little to no idea. I just knew John Jarrett was in it and it was an old lost Aussie movie. Um, and then a little ways into the film, all of a sudden, this big white shiny dome pops up. And who is it but Alf Stewart himself, the great Ray Ma, playing a very irate Cairns uh, police commissioner, I think it is. Um Mm-hmm. And oh, he's going full Bob Catamode in this movie. He's he is on fire. <laughs> he's he's in a pure state of constant state of irritation and anger. <laughs> um, yeah, he's so angry. Yeah, I think one of my um one of my standout lines is um it's not not a great line in any respect, but it just cracked me up for no good reason. Um, it was a moment when he's um dismissing John Jarrett, and he says, "Bring me in the plans for the Japanese condominium." Um, and just his delivery yeah. of it, you know, you can just tell he's a, he's a tough bastard and he's looking to, looking to grow the cans economy. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's another one where I, I really, really liked the kind of balance, you know, of these two different worlds that, uh, the main character, Steve occupies where he has to kind of, you know, he can't, he, he, he has to do his job as a state ranger, but mm. he also has to pay respect to this indigenous community that's welcomed and accepted him. Mm. So we'll go through. So you mentioned the three deaths. So um, I, one of the, one of the things that a lot of these um, sort of movies that came out in the wake of Jaws, these movies with big monsters at the time, a lot of the thing that really um, brought them down, even Jaws itself was, portraying the monster because obviously there's no cgi back then it all had to be animatronic um and i think they do a bloody good job of um this the model they had for this giant crocodile is pretty realistic um and there are a few shots where i'm like geez that actually looks pretty real like the way it sat in the water um on a wide shot looking at its side on i thought it looked great Mm. yeah no no i definitely agree with you i've got to be completely honest there are some stages where I legitimately thought that it was a real crocodile and they used some camera trickery to make it look a little bit bigger. Oh, I'm sure they but did. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I really agree with you. Um in the back of my head I'm I'm thinking, look, it's a uh, that's a model, it's an animatronic, it's you know, something. But it looks very real, very frightening. Yeah, I just something about the eyes. The eyes uh, I keep going back to it, but the eyes are what kind of makes me just yeah, I, I I don't know. It it really did frighten me. I mean, a scene at the end. Oh, oh we'll save that for the end. Um, mm. 
Um, I don't know. Can you really spoil this movie? I mean, I mean, I think it's the kind of movie where the plot is, you know, it's not, it's not Inception, yeah. right? You can sort of see where the plot's going. But before we get to the ending, I just want to talk about each of the three kills. So um, we've got some, we've got an actor here. I'm not sure his name. I think he's Max Phipps. Um, he plays just the sort of classic Australian bastard. Um, mm, and he... The wanker. Yeah, just a pure wanker. Um and him and his mates go hunting and they get attacked by the croc and one of them gets um, crunched, like, deserving death. Um, and then grand. later on in the movie, we see uh, some rowdy Cairns locals beating up a homeless man and they drag him into the water and the bloke beating him up gets eaten. And I thought, that's pretty good. You know, this croc, is, this croc is, has a sense of justice. <laughs> but then the yeah, second kill... In a way that only the in uh, only an ancient beast can, you mm. know, straight from the dreaming. He knows he knows good and evil. Yes. But yeah, However, the second kill... The second kill uh, is, is probably my favourite scene in this movie. And if I'm trying to tell people to watch this movie, I just show them this one scene. Um, and so there's they're at this Aboriginal community at the mouth of a river, um, somewhere around the Cairns area. Uh, I can't really identify it, um, but... They're a bunch of young indigenous kids um, swimming and playing in the water. And this is where the animatronic really shines because when they show this wide shot of this just monstrous croc slowly, slowly Mm. creeping towards the shore, it just looks like it looks real and it looks like horrifying. Um, Yeah, um, as as I was saying is uh, like it it can like at the at the end, you kind of see it compared to the boat and it's almost, you know, two and a half times the size of the dinghy and you're like fuck yeah yeah (laughs) big boy yeah so um indigenous kids are swimming and um the lead actress uh nikki coghill uh was in a number of sort of australian tv shows in the era but i think she sort of gave up acting around about the end of this um movie not too long after um she's spotted this croc and she's screaming at everyone to get out of the water um unfortunately there's a little aboriginal toddler still in the water who um, doesn't know what's going on and she wades in to try to get him. And what follows is probably the most hilarious sound effect I've ever heard in a movie. This poor little (laughs) toddler gets eaten by the croc in one mouthful um, and then it sounds like whoever was on the sound effects, they must have like cracked a watermelon, cracked some celery, bloody, you know, crunched some eggshells because he's the most over-the-top crunching sound as this poor little toddler's head is getting crushed in this croc's jaws and i can't help but like Man. crack up at it but it's it's definitely a very it's powerful so, scene it's so disturbing <laughs> yeah. it's, it's um it's a ripper so this croc obviously um has a sense of justice but can't can't um mm. can't turn not all the time yeah can't turn away a cheeky cheeky morsel of the you know, can't make an omelette without breaking breaking a few eggs. exactly yeah um so yeah with the sound effects um i thought they were great and also one of the um you wouldn't even need to know when this movie was made because you would just purely from the great soundtrack yes yes yes, yes. oh man I, i'm so glad you brought this up the synth score at the oh. end Oh wow! I was enthralled. I loved it. it I was enraptured. Yeah, wonderful. Like even starting off with, it's just they've got the synths going ham in this movie, and it's it, oh, it doesn't wailing, de- just wailing, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't detract. Um, it really, yeah, just 
you just you just can't help but feel like nostalgic for this sort of era and this this movie is probably like yeah I don't know. This is gonna be my. It's such of, a relic. Yeah, it's. This has got to be probably one of my oh, favorite eighties movies. Just so movies. timeless. Yeah, definitely. Mm, um, yeah, it's, it's so great. It's it's not like something kind of like you know a Mad Max where it kind of can look goofy at times. I think the way that they've shot this and the way they've really presented it and thought about elements of the production, it 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 really does just look like it's captured that time mm, in a authentic way and 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 not in a kind of uh, you know. Stranger Things, for lack of a better term, yes, yeah, where definitely. You, oh, I I know that the hair, it's the clothes. They're not you know just doing just pop authentic. culture references and that. They're actually yes, you know, and for, yes. and for me, um, yes. someone who lives around Cairns, um, it's really just interesting to see the this footage from Cairns. Um, you know, how many years ago? Nineteen eighty-seven. What's that? Forty years ago. Um, no, thirty yeah. years ago. 30 or so years ago to see Cairns and I wasn't alive and just, it's like a whole nother world. And I don't know, that's, I'm just a sucker for these, these kinds of movies. Um, so yeah, me too, me too. And so in the, in vain of all great, um, sort of low budget eighties movies, there's a very uncomfortable sex scene with a pipe flute, um, playing yeah, over the top. That was, I had to skip through that. <laughs> I, I, I got to be honest. I had to fast forward through that. I really was not enjoying that. Was, that. <laughs> I think I, they just had to chuck it in there, you know. And, you know, John Jarrett. You know, he's he's something to keep the blokes around <laughs> in yeah. between the killing. Yeah, definitely. But it, you know, I just I love it. It's just another another great part of the movie. Um, and yeah, yeah. So do you want to? Oh, I, I there's a, another favorite part of mine that I really loved is. Uh, when all the blokes in in the town, uh, they're like, "Quick, we we got to go get the croc." They they are talking about it on the news that it's killed more people, and they're like, "No, I'm just this one bloke's playing pool, and <laughs> I think it's Bluey or or the other bloke." Yeah. Um, just comes up and smashes the pool cue. Yeah. And, I mean, like nowadays, pubs, even out in the country where you and me are, if you want to um, play pool, you got to put a $20 deposit so you don't break the cues. Yeah. You know? It really was just a completely different time. Yeah. Uh, and they all just storm off the typical like angry mob sort of thing. And I think, I, I think yeah. you'd be hard, you'd be hard pressed to find another movie where they've got a rifle with a whole spotlight mounted onto the scope yeah. like i've seen plenty of torches mounted yeah. on guns but this is a whole spotty mounted to the rifle i thought that was a pretty funny sort of idea there i don't know if people actually do that i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it would fuck up your line of sight yeah. but um oh well um so do you want to oh, do i think this is pr- probably the favorite that we've done so uh, far i yeah. Yeah, I I really just love talking about it. like you can tell I'm getting legitimately excited. Like I was look I was tired, didn't want to record, stayed up till two in the morning watching this last night. But I just absolutely loved it. I I really am so excited to talk about this movie. There's so much that I love. Um, it really is just uh, I think uh, ninety minutes of pure escapism. Mm. It's fantastic. Definitely, it's so engaging. Oh wow. Um, so, uh, the third, and, and the thing is, this is probably the first non-slog movie because this is, this is not a slog. This is an action pat, action oh, pat bloody adventure. I wanted this to go longer. Same, same. Oh, I would kill for. I want to live in this world <laughs> and I feel like I love movies where you just want to keep staying in this yeah. world that 
uh, the, the the director and writers have created. It's and the so thing enthralling. is, enthralling. The characters are so dense and interesting. The thing is, this Man. this is basically like the reality of Australia in the eighties, which goes to show how awesome it must have been back. How then. far we've fallen? Yeah, how far we've fallen? Jeez. Yeah, you can't even have a gun in a pub anymore. I know. <laughs> you can't. You can't even smoke in a pub. You can't even. You can't even beat up John Jarrett and bunch of bunch of reporters in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is a scene. Oh, there is a scene that's um the main antagonist just decides to um push push over the like physically push um the female lead onto the ground and then punch John Jarrett in the yeah. guts just right oh, into broad that daylight. That was so brutal. Oh yeah. It was a real. No, it's not even a push. He, she goes flying over the <laughs> bonnet of the truck. Yeah. Oh, a lot of good Land Cruisers. A lot in of this good. Oh, a lot of very well. good vehicles. Some of them would probably still be kicking yeah. to this day. So you never know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just quickly before we go on to the third act of the film, which I think needs a bit of a breakdown and a bit of a discussion. Yes. I mean, I absolutely adored. I properly adored how beautifully this and respectfully this film portrays indigenous culture society and lifestyle and i, I think, loved it yes you know, steve is the intruder yeah you know what definitely. i mean and i think he he is being welcomed and accepted and he you can tell he would have had to wait for the community to trust him to allow him to talk to the elders such as um as burham's character um, yeah i i really thought that it was respectful it 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 uh, tackled subjects such as the dreaming um, and the indigenous relationship with nature and and the environment so respectfully and beautifully. I love. I yeah. I adored it. I agree, and I think where Burnham and um, Gopalul's characters really come into their own um, is the third act. So John Jarrett mm. and Burnham and Gopalul have managed to capture this crocodile. That's the scene Hutto was mentioning where they get the aerial shot of the croc. Um, tied up against the boat and Next god it's a boat it's a monster um yeah seven, seven meters i believe they say yeah i think seven and a half yeah 25 feet mm. which if uh you're to believe the legends is not even close to as big as the biggest that has been apparently caught in normanton which was around nine meters i believe they've got the they've got a wow. statue up there but i think it's never gone down in Do history. Do they still have the bones of that? No, they didn't um they didn't measure it officially or properly or something something oh. along the line so it's never officially been declared as as the biggest of all time but um you go out to Normanton mate I I'm very inclined to believe that you could get a beast that big not nowadays sadly. In that country. The the thing the sort of sadness that comes with this movie is that with these um, with croc hunting in the from the 30s to the I think it really had its big um, peak in the 60s and 70s we really lost a lot of these old giant ancient crocs um, but yeah. you know they're still kicking around um, but definitely I mean not as many as they used to be look fuck it Jono I reckon we just talk about crocodiles for a bit I mean though in this film it's stated that this crocodile is like 100 years old you're more of an expert than me in this topic um but this is this animal is practically a dinosaur mm, I'm tempted to I've, believe I've heard reports I'm tempted to believe that it would be even older it's 7 meters like you can get yeah. 80 to 100 year old crocodiles that are like 5 and a half and 6 meters you know like um 
But yeah, I, what I was mentioning with the Crocs before, I mean, I meant the old ones. Obviously, Croc numbers have had a huge mm. resurgence recently, and I think it's a great thing. Um, I definitely don't think there's any need for a cull as of yet. Um, I think nature has a way of balancing out um, the numbers. Yeah, so I think yeah. I think we just hold off for now. But um, we've definitely lost some of these big old ancient alpha male crocs, um, which is unfortunate. But yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah, if you got to think about it. Crocodiles are literal dinosaurs. Mm. They're like the one thing that hasn't evolved in like something like you'd again, you'd know more than me, but like 200,000 years or something. Mm. I mean, this oh, is longer, the apex longer, predator. Millions. When, when you hear stories of, of crocodiles literally hunting people, you know, and, and they wait for hours, they can recognize patterns. I mean, maybe you know, look, these townsfolk were, were in the right mind rushing to try and kill it. But Again, I think this is something that a lot of people don't understand, perhaps even mm. in the cities, but uh, nature should just, yeah, should definitely be just respected and cherished because these things, if they're gone, they're gone. You know, yeah, I, 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 there's no This brain. relationship mm. that the indigenous people in particular had with nature, they understood it far more advanced than even we can now with, with science. And when when you hear them say in this movie... You have to look after. It. You can't just kill it. It, you know, white fella cannot kill this. This is like a black fella. This is sacred. You know, it's linked to the dreaming. They should have listened, but unfortunately, the attitudes of the time kind of prohibited that, and that's why we kind of get this struggle in the film. Mm. And I think one of the reasons behind the big success of um, aquatic-based big animal thrillers is um, just the <laughs> fact that we're so, with all our modern technology. No matter, you know, whatever, we are so utterly helpless when we are in the water. And these animals... In the water. And they're yep. not... You said 200,000 years. These things are millions and millions and millions of years, like like pre-Cretaceous um, extinction. Like, same with sharks. Um, and so, I think that's one of, one of the things when people talk about how everything in Australia wants to kill you. Um, I, I sort of tend to cringe at that statement, but it's definitely true... Um, once you hop in the water, um, especially in the top mm. end, because you've got crocs, you've got sharks, oh, you've got bloody irukandji jellyfish, you know, everything. Is sea, going snakes. You. sea snakes. Sea um, snakes. But yeah, I think the crocodile is still um, one of the, just one of my favorite animals that I just fear to the most, to the greatest extent. I have just absolute <laughs> existential dread when it comes to crocodiles but at the same time, the utmost respect because these these creatures are amazing. Like, yeah, they're bloody top dogs, and we got to respect that. And I think I think this movie yeah. was. I like to think it was forward thinking. Back to think, the movie. I think um, around this time, you know, attitudes were changing. Obviously, they had made um, hunting illegal of crocodiles um, by this stage, and even with the respect to like the indigenous culture, um, attitudes were changing. And it's nice to see how that carried into this movie and is still preserved in it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, th I What I really loved is being able to have this glimpse into the world where you can actually see the indigenous community un un untainted by, you know, Anglo culture, where, of course, there are Anglo culture, uh, Anglo people like, you know, John Jarrett's character who are helping and, and listening and learning from the indigenous people, but they're able to engage in these cultural rituals and practices mm, mm. Um, at the same time. And I, I think there's no better scene 
I hope you can maybe even put a clip in um, of this fantastic scene when you see the, the, the hunting party go up the river and they're going up the river and it, it's kind of cut with the indigenous dance and the clapsticks, you know? Mm. And then it just, it, it kind of devolves and you think, oh, wow, they're getting along, they're getting along. And then it just cuts to the sound, you know, the rith- the rhythmic clap, the chanting, the dancing. And then you just start seeing them start just going to ham and shooting any crocodile they can mm. see in the hunt for this absolute behemoth. Mm. Yes. So third act. So they've captured the crocodile and they've loaded it up onto a semi-trailer because it's so bloody big they can't put it in a ute. Um, and they're racing... <laughs> racing to get it back to the remote billabong where um it will be safe i'm not sure if that's its actual ancestral homeland or whatever um i think i think it's i think it's implied that that's its habitat and i think he says that because of the rain it got rushed into the uh, okay. the main river right yeah so yeah uh and we've got uh the main antagonist uh in hot pursuit um John Besser, that's his name, Besser. Um, and they're racing to release John this croc. Wanker. And as they're releasing the croc, the antagonists rock up shotguns in hand. And we're treated to a lovely fight scene with a sad main character death and some great uh, kills with some spears, of all things. Um, just a wonder- one out. wonderful climax. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think that scene was really good. It was a little bit kind of goofy. Um, but it, I can't, I got to be honest, I really did feel something when, um, Uberbar, no, Underbund. uh, Burham's character, mm. uh, Underbund, yeah, that's, that's it, Underbund's character sadly dies, um, and, and is confronted by, uh, he, no, is witnessed by not only his son, but probably one of his friends, John Jarrett's character, and then the, uh, John Jarrett's missus is just there for some reason, <laughs> um, she needed something to do in the third act, I suppose, but, yeah, I thought it was really, really beautiful, well done, and he kind of has his last moments, and, you know, I, I he says something that you'll have to put in, because I, I can't remember it, but um, he says something to John Jarrett just before he dies, and he kind of does the, his head tilts, and he closes his eyes, but, yeah, I, I, I really love that moment. It's a and, touching end. And especially when it's, yeah, it is, and especially when it, when it's revealed that uh, the the son is do, completing the ritual. mm uh, with the bones, if if you want to get into that, because we haven't really mentioned that. No, so um, one of David Gulpil's character. Mm, so this crocodile obviously has such a connection to this tribe that when the elders die, they keep some of the bones um, and sort of feed it to uh, Namunwari to sort of pass on their spirit into the crocodile. And I've always, mm. always personally thought that, like, um, you know, if 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 worse came to worse and you did want to top yourself, you know. A crocodile, it would be a horrible way to go, but, you know, it'd be... I don't know what your beliefs are about the afterlife, Hutto, but I'd, I'd like to believe. I'd mm. like to believe that I'd sort of live on through that croc, yeah. you know. I definitely yeah, wouldn't no, want them I to abso- shoot it. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree. And and that moment when he kind of says, like, to, along the lines of, we're going to meet again, you know, like, it makes so much sense because all of the ancestors are living inside this i really love this kind of notion that the end isn't the beginning and and that kind of spirit uh entering the dream time and living vicariously through animals um part of the indigenous religion in the film is absolutely beautiful and i i really loved that ending mm. i I, re- I really did 
Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what more to say than I absolutely oh, adored this. Film. Same, yeah, same. You could go on and on, but I think you know, the less said, the better. I think just if I could say anything, it'd just be like, go out and watch this movie. Um, Find this. This just, movie deserves to be watched. Yeah, it yeah. deserves so, so much. It deserves. Yeah, your attention, it deserves recognition. It deserves people to distribute it and and play it. it this is a movie that I would say absolutely passed the pub test. I oh. mean, if you had this with a group of blokes and some beers, this would be a fantastic film. I absolutely adored this. I, I, I want to get to rating. Um, but what, what more do you have? Do you have anything else to say? Um, no, except except my rating, which is... I mean, I don't, I don't think I'll be bestowing this often, but I'm just gonna have to give this movie a five out of five or a ten out of ten, whatever you want to say. Wow. It's, um, wow. you know, like it's got its even, even its flaws. I appreciate, you know, like there are some lesser, you know, quieter moments in the movie that you could say, you know, might needed to be chopped off or whatever. But you know, you can criticize any yeah. movie for that. You can, no movie is perfect. And so you got to keep that that in mind when you when you see my five out of five rating. But that's I've got it. I've got no choice but to give it that rating. Yeah. No, I I absolutely agree with that. And part of this movie made me makes me want to go find more John Jarrett um uh, films that he stars in. But it also made me incredibly sad that we lost Broom Broom and uh, David Goldpill mm. really. Really, a lot before their time. I really am planning to seek out more of their respective films. Yeah, I, I know that um, Burham in, in in particular didn't have as many, but um, I, I'm really gonna make the effort. Definitely, definitely. Um, um I think David Goldblum has one of the most spotless filmographies you can find. Like pr- pretty much every movie mm. he's been in is an absolute ripper. You know, we've got. Yeah. Crocodile Dundee, Charlie's Country, um, Walkabout, uh, Goldstone, um, bloody you name it. He just he just seems to seek out these great Aussie movies. He, he doesn't he doesn't yeah. go for any of that lantana bullshit. <laughs> he just only starts. He, he's a seminal Australian actor. Yeah, and sure. and yeah, I was really I was really sad to hear of his passing. I mean, you know, I, I knew it was coming, um, but. Yeah, good good on him for for really paving the way for indigenous actors in Australia. Um, yeah, props to and him. and having the life and career that he did. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's an inspiration to so many. Yeah, really eye opening portrayal in this movie. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you can guess uh, my rating. I absolutely adored this film. I can't wait to rewatch it. I'm literally eager and itching to rewatch it. I think this would be a fantastic film to chuck on. Um, at a at a with a with a group of mates laugh and not taking it too seriously but then having those moments of introspection where you can kind of appreciate a lot of the nuances and mm. and cultural touchstones in the film i'm giving this film a five i absolutely adored it beautiful what more can be said Hado? sorry no yeah exactly i mean i again i i've repeated i thought that yeah the acting was fantastic the location setting yeah uh, but truly for me the best part of this movie was yeah. witnessing the 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 indigenous culture and the portrayal these aren't just guides you know they could have so easily just you know uh had these indigenous characters 
as mere background or, yeah. you know, but the way that they so delicately portrayed them and had them in the story, I, yeah, I absolutely loved it. It was so respectful, it was so honest, it was so appreciative. Yeah. The, the balance is incredible and I, I absolutely adored it. So this is five stars. This is a must watch. This is criminally underseen in yeah. my opinion. I think like if you can, if, if anyone's listening out there, <laughs> um, I think if you're gonna watch one movie that we talk about, you, this is the this is the one I had in so mind. So far, so far, so far, for me, for me, this this is like the golden standard, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, and 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 funny that you say that. I mean, I know they are listening because I've seen the analytics, um, and they're better than we expected. So I'm not gonna say any more than that, but <laughs> that's good. And I mean. That comes to the end of an episode and before we announce what film we are doing next, you can reach us on any platform, Country Boy Cinema Club on Instagram and Country Boy Cinema Club at gmail.com if you have any questions, queries, um, yeah, any any feedback, whatever. And next week, it is my time to pick the film. Thank you so much, John, again, for le- allowing me the privilege to discuss my pleasure, this film my by pleasure, recommending honey. it for the pod um but yeah and i got uh, a new announcement that we are going to continue the dangerous australian animal uh, attacking humans theme and we are going to put this into a four-part mini-series i'm very excited and i am going to put one of my favorites that i have not seen I think I've only seen half of because I was so young when I saw it the first time I had to turn it off. It was scary. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are going to watch Bait, which I know you haven't seen. But the movie, the reason I've chosen this for next week is because it is another animal attack movie. But it's got an interesting premise, post-tsunami. Um, Lincoln Lewis, of course, the indomitable presence, tour de force. And it is also another film shot in Cairns. So I'm actually very excited I'm to excited. see it. I'm very excited to see yeah, it. Yeah, join us next week. I was very young when I when I saw it, and it'll um, it'll definitely be an experience. So I'm keen to catch up with you yeah. next week and talk about it, Hutto. Join us next week, Cobbers and Jono, because we are going to be chatting all things bait. And the one thing that won't be bait is that this movie is good because <laughs> I think it is good. I don't know. I'll have to rewatch it. I'll let you know next week. All right, guys. Catch you next week. Bye. Catch you later, mate. Kansas is my city. Kansas is my home. Kansas is where I'm born. Kansas is where I've grown. Kansas is where I've been. Kansas is where I'm from. If I ain't in my city, please carry me home. Kansas is my city.